listening to Vocal Underground. Thanks for joining us for episode three of Vocal Underground, a podcast where you'll not only discover great new music, but also find a personal connection with the people behind the sound. I'm Cleo Spencer, the former college radio DJ and podcast aficionado behind this venture. With support from SDN Digital, a marketing agency based in San Diego, I've created this podcast to support local underground artists and give you, the listener, the opportunity to get to know them. Because music is about more than just a good beat. It's about giving voice to our stories and connecting over our shared experiences. So let's dig in. Meet the recently revived Lanterns. Kevin McDonald. I play backup guitar or second guitar in Lanterns. Um, only been in the band for a little bit, but pretty much been around fifth member of Lanterns from the beginning, pretty much. But yeah. Yeah, I'm Trevor Levieux, and I played drums in this last version. I came on with Kevin, and uh, I've been around Lanterns, toured with Lanterns a long time ago, and just been around it, so it's like a homecoming. And I'm Lowell Heflin. Um, I play guitar and I sing, um, and I guess I've been in it forever. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we're missing Anthony today, but we love him just as much, and he joined yeah. on with these guys as well. To give some backstory, this is a brand new lineup for Lanterns. The original members initially decided to get the band back together and play a few more shows after encouragement from their friend Brad. Our original member, Adam Piddington, who played guitar, um, was getting married. And we're at my birthday having dinner. And uh, Brad kind of jokingly, well, sort of serious. I mean, he had never seen us play before, so he was like, uh, when are you going to get the band together? Like, as a sort of a... A side thing, and um, he really pushed for it. Though he really like lobbied for it, um, and then everyone was kind of down to get back together to play those shows. All of the um, original guys, Sean Lilliquist and Lauren Hugh, um, and we played the shows, and they were like really fun. But everyone's scattered and doing different things now. Um, Sean is playing on Broadway and Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and uh, Adam's up in Seattle doing his thing and. Uh, it, it was just going to be hard to keep doing the shows, but um, I don't know. We started getting uh, a, a small outpouring of goodwill from random places, like, you know, just everywhere, I guess. <laughs> so we're like, why not? I don't know. It was fun. Um, and there's, like, new things that we've been working on, and uh, I, I guess it, I, it's just good for mental health, really, to be rocking. 
I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we were all on board because you reached out just like a few months ago. And we just, uh, I think Kevin and I were like instantly on board. Yeah, this, this band is my family. I mean, Lanterns took me on like my first U.S. tour ever. And, um, you know, like they were saying, Sean and Adam, there's, there's, and Lowell and Lauren, they're all just like my best music friends and such a big inspiration. Definitely being asked to join Lanterns is probably just like a little bit of a dream come true just because it's just like, like I said, I grew up with this band. They're like one of my favorite bands. And it's like being asked to join your favorite band. It's almost just like, yeah, that's a rhetorical question for sure. <laughs> it's just like, I will definitely be playing in your band. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty fun. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like you guys been even like been a part of the San Diego music scene for a while. Like, oh, yeah. what have you feel like has changed since you first got into it? Oh man, I don't know. You know, I I, I always think about this just because I go to I try to go to local shows today. You know, in here in San Diego, and there's only a few bands that really like caught my eye. But man, I feel like it was so gold back in the day, just like 2005 to 2009, just going to Che Cafe. And maybe the whole Che Cafe closure kind of like put a damper on things in terms of people like wanting to come to San Diego and play the Che. Like that was such like a huge thing, I feel like for, for touring bands. Then the whole like Che closure thing maybe kind of like disrupt that maybe a little bit, but I don't know, yeah. The scene right now, I feel like it could, it needs a boost, a little something, but we'll see what's up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's what become think? more diverse. I think back then it was there was like a San Diego sound. You know, oh, the, definitely. Yeah. The punk, the just noise the, and yeah, yeah, everything. And I think people are still carrying on that tradition, but it's like, mm -hmm. what's what's the next thing? I think we're I'm kind of waiting for the next like San Diego sound to come out. Like many underground bands, Lanterns came to be in the DIY scene. The Shea, in particular, served as a critical venue and punk outlet in their teen years. I would say that was a big thing, though. I, I remember being really involved uh, with the Shea, especially when I was younger. And I feel like I was there almost like three times a week, yeah. if not more, sometimes. And, um, and even though like I, I live in L.A. now, um, we'd go back and forth when they were um, uh, trying to get the dean to reconsider and leave it open. And, um, like I brought my mom to come and like testify <laughs> before the school board or whatever they call it honestly um and uh yeah I, I I do feel like that's probably different but everything just sort of changes and evolves I'm sure there's there's something going on that probably I'm just not aware of that serves that same kind of DIY capacity when it comes to describing like a like a, a scene or something. I'm always kind of, I think it's easier to um, like corral it or give it an identity when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Like now things just are always happening. It's sort of like in the world too. I feel like when you're, <laughs> not to get too weirdly like political or something, but <laughs> when you're in like the United States, you kind of feel like everything cascades outside of it. And everything else is just like getting washed by the waves coming or something. And I feel sometimes when you're really young and you're part of a, of a scene or a culture, like you kind of feel like you're at the center as well. Um, but really like there's just all kinds of stuff happening everywhere. Yeah. So um, 
I guess everything seems, my whole life seems decentralized. <laughs> Even the band, like it's. When you look back, you know? it's easier to define eras and yeah. sounds. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. once time has passed a bit, you know? Yeah, maybe that's what I, I get to say. I, I, I just, maybe I'm just a little bit more disconnected out of the San Diego scene. I've spent like the last three years in the Portland true, yeah. music scene, which is completely different house shows everywhere, basements, San Diego lacks basements. So there's just no house shows down <laughs> here or anything like that. So I guess to me, I'm just like, I picture this crazy like house show scene in Portland. And I guess that doesn't really go down too much here in San Diego, but it'd be cool to do. current member from the original lineup, and he actually lives in LA. While the commute totally sucks, they think the distance is surprisingly better for the band. We're still working it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, driving to LA is it's a brutal task, but um, it's getting easier. Yeah, but we're doing shows in San Diego and LA anyway, so we're, just, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. always going back and forth. Um, yeah, we have like, the last night was one of like three shows this week, so it's probably good that we just bust out as many shows as possible just to feel this groove out and ride ride into the summer ride <laughs> wave into the summer yeah. yeah in some ways it's good too i think being in a band is just so hard sometimes um it's supposed to be just like a fun thing that you're doing but mm -hmm. i mean there's all this uh feels like a shitty job sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like you like to go um, just like, but no. <laughs> So in some ways, I think even though it's hard to go back and forth, the separation is sort of good in that, you know, you, you can't be like this evil taskmaster because you're so far apart. Yeah. Um, which maybe, you know, I, I think back then, especially when things were getting like serious, uh, maybe, you know, we were working too hard, like having so many practices a week. Um, and it making so many little sacrifices every day, it's kind of easier to just be like, all right, next week on this day, like, it's gonna, you know, we're gonna concentrate on yeah. mm -hmm. the band and stuff. If we're going up to LA, it's like, we're not doing anything else, but just jamming and getting it right and uh, making sure we're all good personally as well, you know, it's, it's kind of the yeah. effort that it takes to get out there, I like that. With the long distance comes some adjustments, like practicing over Skype. As music scene vets, these guys have seen firsthand how technology and social media have changed the DIY scene. I'll say this, at least just me looking at like the history of Lanterns and being in Lanterns now, it's just like, I feel like when Lanterns was a band, there was no band camp or there was no, maybe like it was the very beginning stages of Facebook pages where you could start a page for your band, but that definitely wasn't a thing. And you know, I feel like Lanterns was still in like the MySpace.com era which is like not even a thing anymore. It's just completely <laughs> dead and just I feel like when Lanterns kind of like started to just slow down a little bit was when all this stuff was coming out, like Facebook pages and Twitters and Instagram and all this stuff. And then I feel like now 
that the band is back and we have these outlets to us, it's definitely like a completely different thing, I feel like, just having this Facebook page where people can message us and ask us to play book shows and shit like that, you know, it's just, it's, I feel yeah. like it's just a completely different era of Lanterns with this whole technology scene and just everything, it's just, it's weird, I don't know. Yeah. And back then it was all shows every day, every week, Radio was a thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. true. There was no <laughs> Facebook <laughs> events, you know? There was no, like, Lanterns, like, we're playing a show. Here's a Facebook event, you, you know? It was straight up flyering yeah. <laughs> outside of shows, which is not even a thing anymore. You know? just, <laughs> might as well just make a Facebook event. It's the same exact thing. So, yeah, it's kind of a exciting time to start the band again, I guess. But I did like MySpace, though. It was, I, I like <laughs> that as the band, you could, yeah. like, message. Like, the weird bands can't message... Right? Like a band can't <laughs> message another band on Facebook? Yeah, you can. Oh, really? I don't yeah. know what's going on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like MySpace, um, I remember that was helpful. One of the big things is, um, well, in Cabin was good friends with the, uh, the Surfer Blood dudes. But that's how, like through MySpace, I remember when they were on tour, um, they had sent us a message through MySpace. Uh, and that's how, you know, they, they helped us out a little bit. I think now... They think I'm a freak, but um, <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't think you're a freak. Um, what's the other thing too? We'd never just go on like a DIY tour like that again, though. Where we would book it all through like Sunny Day Real Estate fan message boards on mm. Live Journal, <laughs> yeah. and then just be gone for two months and being poor. Like that just doesn't make sense anymore to like <laughs> do that really. So we don't even have a photo. Yeah, we don't yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> <laughs> like that's too much. Yeah. We don't even have a band photo, so you know. <laughs> yeah. We have nothing to upload yeah. to the internet, so <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> oh dear. Since this interview, they have managed to squeeze in one band photo, but in all seriousness, they've got a lot on their plates, balancing their dedication to music with their other responsibilities, whether that's being a parent or a trusted Trader Joe's employee. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Trader Joe's employee, store 17, uh, <laughs> in Silver Lake with Anthony actually, uh, mm, our right, yeah. our missing band member. Um, he he works there as well. Um, that's actually where I met Anthony. He showed up and I I really liked his band actually, a lot that he was in and. Uh, but um, basically, yeah, I'm just there talking to people. I'm like the neighborhood grocer. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I, I also am um, in school, and I stay busy. I do a lot of writing and everything like that um, up there. Um, th that's probably uh, kind of a, a close tie with music for something that I, I, I love to do. So um, whenever I get an opportunity to, to work on a piece or something, I do that. But um, the way I'm making all the money is by stacking cans and moving them from one place <laughs> to another. <laughs> And uh, making sure everyone's having a nice day. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I, I like working there because, um, well, ma mainly Trader Joe's is kind of like a cult, and I, I kind of think bands are sort of like cults, and um, that's also why it's hard because you got to find people that really want to be in a cult to do it. <laughs> but I, I feel like bands uh, like playing together is sort of like a way to communicate and show people that you trust them, you know? Like that's how you kind of build build a, 
a weird bond. And so similarly, when I'm at work uh, bagging a gr someone's groceries, I realized one day that it has nothing to do with the way you're putting things in there. You know, like nobody, I mean, they do, like they'll be like, oh, like are your eggs at the bottom or, you mm -hmm. know, something weird like that. But really the, <laughs> the idea behind bagging the groceries is to show them that you care about them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but yeah. it's funny how pleased they yeah. are to see a well-packed grocery bag. <laughs> and then... Uh, it's like packing their heart. Like, <laughs> packing their heart. Yeah, it's true. Because outside of the bag, like, everything's a mess. Like, our lives are a mess. <laughs> but bags make everything seem like you got your life in order. Every musician has a different relationship with music. Some are audiophiles, listening to everything they can get their hands on. Others are more like Trevor. I don't know. I don't like listening to music that much. <laughs> uh, it frustrates me when I hear bands that I really like, and I can't do it. I can't reach that level or something like that. Oh, no. when, so I, <laughs> That's I, awful. I, That's so sad. Uh, well, I go, I go back and forth. So like when I'm in writing mode, I'm, I'm like, I'm in that zone, I I really don't listen to much music at all. I just, uh, I don't want to accidentally be influenced. Because I hear hmm. I hear people, they'll send me a song and it's just like, that sounds just like this other thing. And it, it wasn't their intention at all. Yeah, right. But it's like uh, something that they may have been grooving on at the time and it just, just seeps in. And I, um, I don't think that would naturally happen to me, but I, I, I get frustrated when I hear other stuff. I'm just like, I can't. Uh, I don't know, I, I like just having the freedom to have an empty space in my mind where I don't have songs being played. And it, it's just the stuff that I've been writing and stuff. But then I would get sick of that. It's, this is like two or three months at a time. And then I'll like stop playing for a bit too and then uh, just like absorb all the stuff that's been happening around. When you've been performing for a while, the most memorable shows aren't always the best ones. What's kind of crazy is we played with Matt and Kim on their first ever tour, like th three days with them, which is kind of crazy. Uh, they're so they're just as nice as they appear on their videos, but um, like I mean I don't really talk to them anymore. But they were always cool about having us open up for them again as they got larger and run like Bacardi commercials and stuff. But it's just so funny because I remember back then like you know. Everyone, I mean, I don't think anybody had any idea, like, you know, that they would blow up like they did. But that was interesting, too. Our first show with them and Maneguar, who, they, that band plays in the woods now, um, was at this place called Einstein's Revenge. Yeah. In, in uh, uh, what, what is that spot? In, what's that city in Texas? I can't even remember. Like, it's outside of Austin. No, no it's like it's West pretty, Texas. Yeah. It's like, I can't just remember. But that's where they had called. the South by Southwest, like, anti- I don't know, but we played this place called Einstein's Revenge. It's not there anymore, and it was owned by like this, like kind of acid cowboy 
It was really weird. It was like a BYOB bar, which is a terrible business model, probably. <laughs> um, that it, and I remember the first. It was so scary even walking into that place because I remember opening the door. He was just like, "Who the fuck are you?" You know, like was yelling at us. It was like really aggressive, and uh, we're like, I, "I think we're playing here." And he's like, "All right." He's like, "I thought you were the FBI." <laughs> and then like. <laughs> And we played this show and with, with Matt and Kim and everything, and he was just so weird. Like, he really wanted us to stay the night there. There was, like, this guy who'd, like, he brought up these mattresses, and I was laying down, and this guy was just, like, hovering over my head. And what? Yeah, this guy would be like, get away from him, you know, leave him alone. Oh I don't know. It was strange. God. Matt and Kim were like, we're going to get the hell out of here. Like, we're not. Oh, my God. We've had enough of this. And while we're trying to sleep, he was just, he had, like, this disco light, you know, playing. Like, you couldn't sleep. And he was playing like this really like psychedelic like surf rock band from Russia called the Messerchucks, I think. And there's just like screaming in the music, not like horror story screaming, you know, like ah, woo, you know, just yeah. <laughs> all night long. And he's like playing <laughs> pool in his bar. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, that was weird too. Mm. Forgot about that. <laughs> One thing I'm wondering is kind of like how experiences you had growing up or like who you are personally influences your music. Like, I feel like music is really such a personal thing. So what do you draw from from your own life? I mean, I, I don't write for Lanterns, but I guess me personally, like musically, I uh, I just like to write stuff that like people I know can relate to. Like, you know, I'm sure everyone's been brokenhearted I'm sure everyone's forgot to tell someone that they love them and now they're gone you know there's like so many different things in my life that I think about I'm just like I know there's someone else out there that thinks this way and I kind of like in my way I'm like I'm writing this for them just because it's just like I don't want to go through it alone and so it's just like I want to make sure like someone else knows that they're not alone just in the way that they think and you know I guess when I someone reads like lyrics of mine or something like that I just I really hope they like take away from it and it, it's even better when, like, you know, like Lowell says, you know, you see someone singing your songs, you're just like, um, you really hope that resonates with them. You know, it's not just, hopefully it's not just words being repeated back. Hopefully they, like, read the lyrics and they know exactly what you're, like, trying to say and, like, get the message across, so. Yeah, for me, I don't beat people up. I don't troll online. I don't, I'm, I think, generally just a nice person, but that's not because... I'm a nice person. I take it all out in my music. I put all that energy over there, and that's what keeps me sane and and normal around most people. I feel like when I do read about other, it, it depends on what like publication I'm reading or some, somebody can point to like a pivotal moment or thing that happens in their lives. And I'm not really. I don't know if I like believe in that. So that's probably. But that's just my own like structures. So that's probably what's hard for me to answer that. But. 
I guess to get into something kind of, I mean like, a, a, a real moment I guess is like I said when my, so my, my dad played music and when he, um, well, he, ac he actually, he killed himself. And I remember um, feeling very, I guess, and this is what I was talking about in terms of being like, like the cult mentality or whatever it may be. I remember um, always kind of searching for something, like I, I don't know what it was, something that, that did make things make sense, that made like things seem logical. And um, I, I did, wasn't from a religious family, but I remember asking my mom, like maybe we should go to church or something. And um, I, w I went to all kinds of different churches just to try them out, just because I was, I think, more curious and I'm, I'm attracted to ritual and things like that. So I remember going to like a Pentecostal church and like everyone was speaking tongues. And uh, it, that one was the most fun actually. Um, it was mostly a black congregation. And like, the, you know, they put oil and ash on my forehead and were just like clucking away. Just like, uh, and that was pretty cool, but it freaked my mom out. My mom was like, we gotta get out of here. Um, and I guess people have always been singing I don't know, like even without recordings or, I feel like I was just in Peru recently and uh, with my mom actually, and we're with like this shaman. And I remember there's like this moment where everything was really quiet and I realized like the forest was so loud because everybody is kind of singing. And I feel like, um, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I know this, uh, this sounds like silly, but honestly, like w when you get into the, like modern physics and like string theory and stuff, kind of the idea that really like the whole universe is a song. Um, and it, you know, you just kind of want to be like part of that. And even in my studies actually in writing, um, it's funny, it, 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 it's something that's there throughout time. And that's what's beautiful is even like all the romantic authors, um, one of the motifs that they're always bringing up is, um, is uh, the Aeolian, uh, 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 it's like an Aeolian like lyre or whatever. It's like a string instrument that basically um, when the wind blows through it, it'll it'll just vibrate and make sound. And like, uh, it's the Aeolian harp, excuse me. And uh, and that's what kind of the world is made of. And it's not, it's not necessarily intentional. You know, it's just, it's kind of beautiful that it's just always happening. Um, and so I guess it's a way to be a part of that, I guess. So then, like, what would you do? You, would you have any advice that you would give somebody who's like just starting out, trying to form a band, or? I think you got to be open to other perspectives. Oh yeah. When you're jamming, I think some people are very uh, driven and have a, a specific vision, which is great, and you need those people. Um, but I found if if you Stick with that with every project you're in. You'll, you'll just hit uh, dead ends left and right, and you'll miss out on some really exciting musical ideas that are an intersection of multiple people. I guess the one piece of it, actually, I do, I could think of one thing um, advice for people just starting or whatever. And I, I guess um, <clears throat> when things were getting more serious for our band, I definitely. Uh, and this kind of piggybacks off of what Trevor was talking about. I had like an idea about like who would like our band, um, and 
like who is going to receive it. Um, and I think I closed myself off to a lot of opportunities. Um, but I, what I wish I would have known then is, you know, to just kind of chill out and like just embrace whoever, yeah. whoever likes it is cool. You know what I mean? You can't control everything, I guess is the thing. There's, it's impossible, you know? I mean, you can do your best, but um, you kind of just need to, to take, to be grateful, I guess, for mm -hmm. what is given to you. Um, because if you, if you look, if you look at music, for the face of it, what we've had to endure, what we put into it, what we're doing, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, why, <laughs> yeah. why are you guys still doing this, right? Yeah, right. But there's something deeper that you can't explain to somebody else yeah. unless you're in it. Um, Someone's just like, I saw lanterns at the Che like five years ago. Why are you still doing this? <laughs> it's just like, hey, That's man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Actually, that is so funny. At the show last night, that band Fake Tide is like, yeah, I was at the Shea and I saw your band. And it's like, you yeah. were the band with the Rickenbackers. And yeah. Like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it is funny because, yeah, logically, as Trevor's saying, you should not do this. Yeah. <laughs> you should do something else. You should yeah. go be an accountant. But you just can't. I just can't, you know. Um, and that's why it's probably hard for me to say, for some reason, there's something attractive about all these people doing, you know, I guess the quote wrong thing. Yeah. Right. The best feeling is after a jam session. You, whether you're writing something new or you're, you're, we're, uh, you're playing something and you like, okay, that felt really good. I don't know where we were. We you wake up at the end of the song or whatever we're doing and you just like look at the other person like there's just like some weird deeper connection happening just for that millisecond, you know, and you're like, okay, well, let's go outside and take a break. But like, yeah. that's like the, the feeling I wake up every day wanting, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because mostly I wake up and I think, oh no, my life's in shambles. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was this morning. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, no. Feel the same way about music as the guys behind Lanterns? Find them on Spotify and Bandcamp, or hit them up on Facebook at We Are Lanterns or Instagram at Apocalypse Youth. All the songs featured in this podcast are off End Times Blues, an abandoned album that was pieced back together after the band started performing again. But they're also working on new music with the new lineup this summer, so stay tuned. And now that Vocal Underground is back, we're making up for lost time. Give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram, because we'll have more episodes coming your way very soon. Till then... Right.